welcome to livealittlehigher.com. This upcoming 25th of his Kislev will begin celebrating Hanukkah, a festival of the Jewish people that lasts eight days. And so there's many interpretations to Hanukkah. There's many lessons to be learned from this episode in the life of the Jewish people thousands of years ago. They still are relevant, relevant to us today. So the Shem Mishmuel, he explains and he describes the historical background of the miracle of Hanukkah. And he states that the Gemara informs us when the Greeks entered the temple, they defiled all of the oil there. When the ruling house of the Hasmonean took control and prevailed, they searched for the, for the, for the oil to be able to light the menorah inside of the temple. And the only thing they could find was one flask of oil that had been preserved and sealed with the, with the, with the seal of the Kohen Gadot. The rest of the oil was considered defiled and they couldn't use it. So there's a question that uh, Allahi question that we know that the wine is rendered uh, rendered unfit for a Jew if it was handled by an idol worshiper and this makes it not kosher. Uh, we are not however aware of a similar Allah applying uh, the oil. It never says in Allah in the Shulhan Aruf that oil has to be handled by someone that is God-fearing and is not a, an idol worshiper. So in what context then do Hassal mean that the Greeks defiled the oil in the temple? So the, the Shem Mishmuel, he teaches us that in Bamidbar Rabbah, it says that three gifts were created in the world. Anyone who merits any of them takes all the delight in the world, in this world. And they were wisdom, strength and wealth. These are three gifts. So of these three gifts, for example, wealth is the most externalized gift. It, it's one that is not inside of a person. It's really outside of the person. It's not part of him, but it's rather an appendage and thus most visible to others. Strength is a little less external. Strength is uh, it's something that you cannot really see. You can see a very skinny guy, very little guy that you would not think he's a very strong guy. And the guy could be a super strong person and you could see a giant of a person that looks very strong and, and the guy is zero strong. So, so we see that, that strength is also superficial, but it's more internal. And indeed, there are, there are small, weak-looking people that in fact are very strong. Uh, of the three, wisdom is the most personal and concealed of these, uh, of these gifts. The intellect resides inside our, our mind, inside our brain, and it really touches the deepest recesses of our soul. So the three early exiles to which the Jewish people uh, were subjected correspond to these three gifts. So in each case, the oppressing nation was able to subjugate a particular, a particular aspect of the Jewish identity. So Babel was characterized by the might, by their power. Uh, Persia, in the story of Purim, we know was characterized by wealth. We know that the King Ahasuerosh was a very wealthy man and in, in uh, Megillat Esther says, showed them, he showed them the glorious wealth of his kingdom 
and the majesty of his royal greatness. And the Greeks were known for their outstanding wisdom. And this is uh, where they wanted to hit the Jew, was in their intellect. Their interest was not to kill the body of a Jew. This was not their, this was not this type of anti-Semitism that they want to get rid of the Jew. They had no problem with the Jewish body, but they had a problem with the Jewish wisdom. And so they, they, even their philosophers and their ideas have been tremendously influential. And thus when they oppressed Israel, they were even able to research, to reach the wisdom of the Torah and enslave it to their own ends. They, 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 they were not against learning Torah. They taught it in their schools. Everybody learned it. They, the Jews didn't have to hide to learn Torah, not like in the Purim story and other stories. They, they could learn Torah freely, but they didn't like the spiritual aspect of the Torah. They were against uh, the Jews keeping the mitzvot. They couldn't keep Shabbat. They couldn't keep Brit Milah. They couldn't keep the holidays because it was the spiritual aspect that bothered them. And so we see that all oil in the Torah thought expresses wisdom. And the menorah in the Beit HaMikdash represents the light of Torah radiating to all corners of existence. So we know that this menorah, this seven branch menorah that was standing in the, in the, in the, in the, in the temple, in the Beit HaMikdash, the light of the menorah was not only for inside of the Beit HaMikdash, that light of the menorah would extend to, the whole, to all the corners of the world. That was the beauty of it. And so, so when Hassal, our sages in our orig original quote say that the Greeks, Greeks defiled the oil, they mean that they were clever enough to subjugate the very heart of the nation to contaminate their Torah wisdom. So what they were contaminating was not the actual oil, it was the wisdom of the Jews and the oil of the Jews, which is our wisdom, and to defile it with Hellenism. In this sense, the Greeks polluted all the oil in the temple, that is, their twisted form of wisdom saves hold of all areas of Torah wisdom. And um, it's interesting because uh, today we're going through the same thing. This, this very subtle type of assimilation of uh, people learning Torah like it's new age, you know, it's a new age thing, let's learn Torah, mindfulness, all these things. And in reality, when you don't learn Torah with the purpose of serving God, Leshem Shamayim for the sake of heaven and to connecting to Hashem's wisdom and, and connecting to God, and you're just doing it for uh, gaining more knowledge and gaining more intelligence and gaining more superficial wisdom, then the Torah becomes like a poison. And this is what he's saying. He's saying it was defiled. The, the minds of the Jews were defiled. The, and, the, and the flask of oils were defiled because it represents the same thing. So there are, however, secrets of the Torah, wisdom, over which the Greeks could never have control. And these are the most personal, internalized revelations of the Torah that exist. In what sort of a person do we find this great wisdom? As Yov, and uh, as it says in Yov, and wisdom, where may I, will, will it be found? Where is the place of understanding? 
So the first part of this verse can be read uh, a little differently. It can be read, and wisdom from nothingness, mayim, will it be found? What it's meaning is that mayim is nothingness. As I said in other classes, yesh mayim, Hashem creates the world from nothing. And from this nothingness, we can find this wisdom. And what is this nothingness? It's humility. It's humility. It's when you have to be humble to learn Torah. You have to, to, to release all your information. You have to get rid of all your perceptions and thoughts and I believe and I think and I, I see the world this way. No, you have to really go blank and absorb the Torah in its full force. And so humility, humility is recognizing the worthlessness of oneself compared to, to, to the supremacy of Hashem. Humility is to recognize that we're nothing. We're nothing, we're nothing, we're nothing, we're nothing. We're, if Hashem doesn't want us to be in this world, we're not gonna be in this world. He would cease to, to, to recreate us and we would cease to exist in one instant. We're nothing. And the human, the human race thinks they're everything. Self-centeredness, they think they're the center of the universe. But in reality, we're nothing. And, and we're everything at the same time. Because Hashem has us here for a reason. He, he wants us to be here. He wants a dwelling home in this place, in this world. So he, he, he puts us here to be able to elevate it, to make this place holy, to make it a place for Him. But this comes from nothingness. This comes from the realization that we're nothing. And so, so we see that it is a prerequisite for receiving the deepest and most internalized brand of wisdom. Indeed, God revealed the reason for Paraduma, the red heifer, as well as many other secrets of the Torah to Moshe Rabbeinu. Why to Moshe Rabbeinu? Because he was the humblest man of all. There was nobody as humble as him. There was nobody like him. So we find also that in the majority of dispute, disputes between Hillel, the base Hillel and Beis Shammai, we know there was these two big rabbis and they are, were always discussing the Torah. They were always fighting, but it was a fight Leshem Shammai. They were not fighting because each one thought they were right. They were fighting because they both were looking for the truth. And, they, and we see that, um, that Alaha has decided to go with Beis Hillel. Uh, when Mashiach comes, it will be based on Beis Shammai. Uh, Shammai. But we see that, the, that who, who, these two people were known for their, their humility. They were always discussing the Torah. One had one view and the other one had a complete different view. One was kindness and leniency and the other one was very, very judging and very stern. And so we go with, the, with Hillel who was kind and lenient. But, but we see that their, their trait was humility because they were not fighting because I think I'm right and you're not right and I'm right and you're wrong. They were fighting to find the truth. It's so, so much that the, even their kids got married together and they used to spend Shabbat dinners together. They were friends. But with Torah, they were looking for the truth. If so, we can read still greater significance into the flask of oil, which was preserved with the seal of the Kohen Gadol, Aaron HaKohen, from whom all Kohanim are descended, was also a man of tremendous humility. And, and this is what we learn. Moshe and Aaron said to the entire Jewish people, he, was, he has heard your murmurings against God. What are we against whom you should 
uh, murmur. This is in Shemot. And Aaron, who is, who is he that you should murmur against him? This is in Bad Midbar. So the seal of Aaron was his great humility. This was what really personified Aaron HaKohen. He was a humble man. He was always searching for peace. He didn't care who was right, who was wrong. He was always trying to bring pe people together and bring peace and love, Ahava, eh, to, his, to the Jewish people. And only someone with such a self-effacement could merit receiving the great secrets of the Torah. So the Greeks, although they were steeped in wisdom, these were people who were very, very wise. They, 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 they had the best universities. They, they had all the, they used their intellect. It's not that they didn't use it. They were always learning. Um, were known for their arrogance. They were very arrogant. In fact, Aristoteles proclaimed that anything that he was unable to understand was by definition untrue. So imagine how arrogant that if he couldn't understand it, he thought it was not real. So it is surely difficult to imagine a more brazen statement since we have seen that, that humility is a prerequisite for comprehending the greatest depths of Torah. And the Greeks would never contaminate the holiest sages and their wisdom. Thus Hassan, our sages tell us that the Greeks polluted all the oil in the temple except for one vial, which was scaled by the Kohen Gadol. And this means that the influence of Hellenism extended to every source of wisdom possessed by the Jews except for the very deepest and therefore holiest. You see that in those days, the people that were really true, true to themselves, true to Hashem, who were humble, who were learners, not because they wanted to be intelligent and wise, but because they wanted to serve Hashem, they wanted to, 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 to be an Evet Elohim, you know, they wanted to be servants of Hashem. They came to this world to, to do Hashem's job. And this type of people were the people that were able to maintain themselves pure. And this jug of oil that was sealed with the Kohen Gadol seal was also maintained pure. But it's an allegory because oil cannot be defiled unless you defile it yourself. So this type of penetrating understanding was beyond their arrogant reach as it was sealed. That is possessed only by the Kohen Gadol, the symbol of the true Torah Jew, who was remarkably wise, but nevertheless, the paradigm of humility. So if one, there's one, another lesson to be learned from Hanukkah is that we, to be a light into the world, to be able to illuminate our surroundings, to be able to be a blessing to others, we need to be humble. If we are full of ourselves and we're full of pride, arrogant pride, and we think we're these very wise people that know everything, then um, it's fake light. It's not the true light. So I want to wish you a happy, happy Hanukkah, that the light of Hanukkah illuminates you for the whole year. Uh, sit down and watch the menorah. You should sit down and watch these lights for half an hour. It says that in the light of the, of the Hanukkah light is contained the light of Mashiach. It's a light of vision, of, of re, of, it's a reminder of why we're here and what's our purpose. And this gives humility, it empowers us. Humility is very empowering because it's not about you. And, and, and when you sit down and you see these lights and you internalize why you're here, why Hashem has you in this world, to be a light, to be a light upon the nations, to be 
Akidush Hashem for God to everything you do in life. You should elevate the name of God. You should be a, a source of pride, of joy for Hashem. And, and, and this is the whole purpose of, of the Hinuch, of the education of Hanukkah. That it's our job, it's our responsibility. We're, we're responsible for this. And when we are a light and we're able to bring light to others, these other people should also light up and become lights themselves. That's the whole purpose of it. That's why we light with the shamash all the menorah and one light lights another. With one light, you can light thousands of lights. It's because it's not enough to only you be the light, but you should also ignite others to also ignite others. And that's the purpose and the, and the whole idea. So I want to wish you a happy holiday and remember, live a little higher. Thank you.